0: You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with your host, Mark Madison. This episode's guest is Lance Hoyt. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now here's your host, Mark Madison.
1: Football, baseball, and basketball were all sports. Uh, It had been reported that you were involved in earlier on in high school. Um, Were any of those ever an option for you professionally maybe moving forward?
2: Uh, professionally, who knows, man? I, you know, I really enjoyed football. That was kind of my focus in high school and going into college. You know, I started playing uh, at Howard Payne University first couple of seasons, first couple of years, and then I transferred to Texas State with the full intention of trying on their program. Um, ultimately, that didn't work out, which is what kind of led me into professional wrestling. Um, I was a pretty decent pitcher in high school, and actually wish I'd really stuck with that. Uh, I think if I'd have gotten some real good coaching through college and whatnot, I think that might have been a possibility, an option. And being the the money that some of these pitchers make
1: these days, if I could have been even halfway decent, that would have been really nice. <laughs> being from Toronto, like the big thing now was David Price sa- signing with Boston, and you know he signed for two hundred and something million. It's pretty insane what is out there. Yeah.
2: out so quick because once they get any kind of injury, they usually lose any ability as far as pitching is concerned. You know, a lot of these other guys, you know, we had uh, was it a was Arod that was in Texas and then went to yeah. New York and had yeah. the in, insane uh, contract here in Texas and then got another insane contract in New York and was getting paid insane money from both organizations
1: <laughs> at the yeah. same time. Discuss, if you could, maybe some of your earlier training under Solo. Um, how did that initially all come about?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, when I first started training, uh Main trainer at the school that I was at, the Southwest Wrestling Federation. Um, You know, his his training was very, very straightforward, very basic. Um, You know, he was very, I guess, strong headed, very, very tough. You know, it wasn't very much. You know, uh, not I I make it sound bad, but it was it was the kind of training I needed. You know, he he didn't he didn't let me get away with things. He made me work hard. He made me push through. Um, he, He the different drills that we would do he would uh make them very tough and very hard and i would have to make sure that each and everything was done correctly in an effort to move forward into something new and something different you know? so he was very thorough when it came to good training uh but it, the training only went so far because it was just me and one other guy that was training together with solo when solo could be there and then a lot of times uh my friend jason and i would just an understanding of true psychology to professional wrestling until I
1: I've read something and maybe you can validate it or not um, a, a faction called the dark circle yep. maybe you did uh, the inspiration for that particular group come from and could you ever see that particular idea what you had working there working today
2: Kind of the direction that the dark circle was. Uh, My character was Shadow. He was kind of a dark.
1: Amazing. Now, TNA wasn't as... We had access to it here, um, and then it was on Spike TV, and and then it was kind of on a really obscure channel here, so really access to it kind of got lost, but I will say, uh, one of the more fun teams when I was able to watch earlier on was the Rock and Rave Infection. I think what you guys did was hilarious. It was fun. It, and it's wrestling not taking itself seriously sometimes, which is good. Right. Um, where did the idea for that particular montage or group and collection of talent I'll kind of come out a
2: line for you? The crazy part about that was, you know, that was my latter part of being at TNA. You know, I was at TNA for five years, carried three different names, from Dallas when I started to carrying my own name, Lance Hoyt, to when I became Lance Rock with the Rock and Red Infection. Actually, I was Lance Hoyt in the Rock and Red Infection when I first started. going to be on all three TV tapings we had for those few days that we were there. We had moment to think for all of us that we're in that tag division and either they were doing something with it or they weren't doing something with but you know we all kind of been involved together in the rock and rave infection. we all believed it could have been done a lot more with so you know it was a lot of fun uh, I don't regret any of it you know some people are like oh man it was just kind of a silly thing did you regret it no not at all we had a lot of fun it was probably some of the most fun I've had wrestling just because we were such goofballs with it
1: well oh, and it showed it showed that you guys were having fun with it too and didn't take it seriously though too so I get, I get where there can be that fear, oh, no, it's going to ruin my career, or, or it could, but you yeah. guys totally parlayed that into something, because uh, it was special, and uh, definitely congratulate you guys on just having fun with wrestling. I think sometimes oh, yeah. it, it gets lost. Um, yeah. Kind of switching gears, moving a little bit forward. FCW, um, not around now, but uh, it became a breeding ground for a number of talented wrestlers like yourself um, as you transitioned, I guess, from Flo- uh, to Florida Championship Wrestling, which is now NXT. Um, maybe you can share some of your time there and some of the ECW uh, opportunities that kind of kind of came your way.
2: For me, FCW, I think, was a great place to go because, um, you know, unfortunately, there had been some other talents from TNA that had come into WWE and really had left kind of a sour note with the company. Um, I was given an opportunity to come into the company. I think it would have been extremely difficult That's what I got. (laughs) Um, you know and then um You know, unfortunately, I think... With-
1: Everything you're saying is is mirrors. I had a chance to speak to Matt Stryker earlier in the year, and I asked him something similar about ECW, and he said, "You know what? It was an opportunity. People can yeah. voice and say that it was a watered down, but when you're fighting to get that opportunity and get noticed and yeah. get recognized, I can't. You you can probably count maybe on one hand if that, uh, and he wouldn't say no. You know what? I won't take that opportunity. I'm gonna pass it by, and no, you." Right. You did it. You did
0: exactly what you had to do. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Five ninety-nine 99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
1: Wrestling in Japan and wrestling in North America is very different. Uh, at least I would think um, from a wrestler's standpoint, as a viewer, it definitely looks that way. Um, you've had the, the opportunity to wrestle in North America and compete with uh, both New Japan and All Japan. Um, between All Japan and New Japan, any similarities and differences, um, even though it is the same country, between the promotions?
2: That's a hard question to answer for the simple fact that, you know, when I worked, the one tour I worked for All Japan for was back in 2009. Uh Um, You know, I had done Strong style professional wrestling, some of the best wrestlers from top to bottom. Every single guy that steps in the ring because they, when you know they go into the dojos and they come up through the system as young boys, and they live it. It's not just I'm gonna go to training today or I'll go to training when I can. You know, it's not just uh, you know I'm gonna train once or twice a week and then you know I'll work shows when I can on the independent scenes, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's not yeah. Suzuki Goon and then Perry or excuse me, Davey Boy Smith and I uh, our KES, are working in Pro Wrestling NOAA and we're, I think, helping that company and changing its landscape and expanding its characters and taking the guys who already know how to wrestle and say, okay, you're good wrestlers, but now be a stronger personality so that people will care about you. And then when you go out there and perform as you do as a professional wrestler, they'll really love what you do as a fighter and as an entertainer. Um, so it's just, it's ever-changing and it's growing. And I think New Japan is truly becoming Uh, the next worldwide competitor, you know, and and if things keep growing and expanding, I think you're going to start seeing more and more of what they do on this side of the world in the United States and Canada, uh, Mexico, because they have a strong relationship and influence with CMLL in Mexico Mm -hmm. um, to everything they're doing in Japan and they're expanding across the Asian nations. They go to Taiwan every year now. Um, so, you know, the, what they're doing business-wise is, is amazing and it's fun and it's cool that I've been a part of it since, like I said, 2011 and what we're doing now and hopefully more into the future.
0: Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Five ninety nine 99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
1: What is something that you've enjoyed about being a tag team wrestler? Because when anyone starts off, they usually think to work on their own and cut their teeth on their own. But you've been part of a number of successful teams, championships galore. What is it about tag team wrestling that has appealed to you the most?
2: You know, and the funny part about most of the teams that I've been a part of, uh, it's kind of been just thrown together. You know, I was a guy that was either working individually and then they were like, okay, we're going to put you with this guy, another guy that may have been working individually, and they needed kind of a new group, a new team. And then it just, I've luckily been able to kind of work with different talents at different levels and different personalities and all that stuff. And we've always been able to come together and, and create something fun, cool, and special, um, you know, from my team with, uh, with Kid Cash, you know, to working with on The True Killings to obviously Jimmy Ray to working with Kurt Hawkins in WWE now working with Smith in in Japan you know the different elements and the different characters that that they've all come from it's just been kind of I don't know why but it's just always meshed
1: You have mentioned a number of partners, but uh, right now the most prominent being um, Harry Smith or David Boy Smith Jr. Right. Um, the growth and maturation of Harry Smith has been evident, uh, especially while working alongside you. What, have you. what do you feel may have contributed to his overall growth and development in the ring? Because you see it happening as it's happening. Right.
2: Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess that would be a question better for better for him. <laughs> I would like. I guess I would like to believe that I've just been somebody who's. My wrestling, I think, has always been good. Um, you know, some would argue that and whatnot, and that's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, as I've grown in my ability to be a wrestler in the ring and the, my fighting styles, the one thing that I think that I've always been able to do one way or another, whether, again, whether it was as a silly rock star or now in the killer lead squad is the American psycho and somebody who's just really scary. Every time I step in the ring, I think my ability to just be an over the top personality that people can believe in at that moment. You know, I'd like to believe that what I'm doing as a personality, as a character is very over the top. It's very extreme. It's very loud. It's very dangerous looking every time that I step in the ring and do what I do. Um, And people can believe it. They don't go, ah, that just doesn't, I I don't feel that. I don't think anybody says that when they see me work, whether it's as an individual or in the team. Okay, yes. Uh, I'd like to believe the one thing that I've done for Harry, maybe residually, um, is is just him being able to, because he's an amazing professional wrestler. I mean, he's born into the business. He's been doing it since he was a kid. He, you know, had his first match when he was a, a child at like eight years old. You know, his father's the British Bulldog. Uh, you know, he's worked in the dungeon and he's worked in New Japan when he was 17 or 18 years old. And, you know, he's worked in WWE. He's done everything around the business and as a professional wrestler it, when he steps in the ring and the growth in that in Japan has grown as well because he's added such a shoot style, uh, element to his offense. Um, uh, one thing again that I would like to believe that maybe I've helped him with, and again, more residually than just hands on or anything like that, is just him seeing me just let loose and have fun and be this crazy personality and he's kind of taking that on himself and he's like oh okay i can i can be a fighter i can be a shooter i can be a professional wrestler but then i can also have fun and be a character and go and scare the kids and yell at the people and be just overtly you know when he flexes and when he does his uh, gestures i don't know what else to say here mm-hmm. um he's develop those as we've been together as a team and I'd like to believe he's just the one thing that I've been able to give to him again residually is just him watching me be just crazy and go oh I can be crazy too and in his own fashion and then still be the amazing professional wrestler that he is being as young as he is uh, I've told him this personally Uh, I believe that if he continues to develop both his personality and obviously his, his fighting skill in the ring Um, He could truly be, especially in Japan, but anywhere in the world, I think, a true heavyweight champion, a a staple of a company, uh, carry somebody's title and be a believable fighting personality that people want to see and they believe he can kick their butt. Um, I truly believe that he could be a future of some company if they allowed him.
1: Uh, Now, being as successful between both yourself and Harry, and you did mention, you know, you're hoping, well, not hoping, but you are um, helping um, Noah as well, helping that company and promotion grow. What do you feel that you two still have to achieve as a tag team that you haven't yet? Maybe not necessarily in Japan.
2: You know, that's the one thing we've always really tried to do, but, you know, it's a difficult process in America just because uh, he lives in Canada, I'm down in Texas, and trying to get us on the same schedule. You know, he, he, he stays really busy uh, up north and with the companies that he works with and he's been working with for years, and myself the same in the south with a lot of the companies that I've been working with. So a lot of times just getting us on the same page and then for a company to be able to forward bringing us both in as a team has always been something that's been difficult you know, And we, we're we definitely willing to work with different companies in efforts to try to get KES more North American or even European bookings or anything like that. Um, what else is there left for us to accomplish? I just think to continue to be the dominant tag team that we've been. Uh, into the future, whether that's continuing with GHC, going back to New Japan the IWGP, uh, there are other tag teams that we could e- easily capture in, in Japan and around the world, and I think that would like to be our legacy, if I said that correctly, uh, is just being seen ultimately once this is over, once KES is done, once you know, maybe I've retired or whatever the case may be, that people look back and they go, Killer lead Squad, KES, one of the most, if not the most dominant tag team in all professional Wrestling history. Um, you know, and that's, that's a very bold statement, I think, to say because there's been so many true, tremendous tag teams in the history of professional wrestling. Um, you know, I think tag team wrestling to some degree kind of got lost for a few years, in, you know, in the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like people to see KAS as probably one of the most dominant tag teams to ever exist in the business.
1: Um, now, it, it was, um, unless I missed this part, uh, you have a degree in English? Yes. Okay. So now, after your career has ended, we This is more prognostication, I guess. You have a chance to say what. What would I parlay my future after I've taken my last bump? What is it that. What, what is it that Lance White can foresee himself doing? Something. Would it be something still within the business? Would it be something completely outside of it? Um, so savvy, so seasoned. You've seen a lot. You've seen production. You've really been around it. What does the future hold?
2: you know, I would love to stay in and around the business in some form or fashion. You know, the one thing that I really enjoy doing um, yeah, I've, I've helped out a uh, wrestling school in the past, but you know, fortunately I've been too busy to really be a part of any of that. But the one thing that I have enjoyed is when I go and work independent shows uh, in the States, it's being able to work with some of the younger talent that's trying to find themselves and, and learn a new skill, learn a new ability, and kind of taking the knowledge. Because I've had so many guys, uh, the Arn Andersons, Fitz Finleys, Terry Taylors, uh, <laughs> The Jerry Lynn's, the, oh, I mean, there, I, the plethora of knowledge, the William Regals, the Dusty Rhodes, the, oh, I, I mean, I could, the list could just go on and on and on. And I apologize for anybody's name that I left off there that have given me knowledge and have helped me grow and become who I am. Tommy Dreamer, who you know is running House of Hardcore and has had me on several of his events now, has done nothing but tremendous things to help me and my growth in the business. And I guess the thing that I would like to do uh, if I'm given the opportunity to, to make a living within professional wrestling after I'm kind of out of the ring and not character on, on, on the screen or in front of the crowd uh, is being able to help that next generation of talent kind of understand what I've learned and my experiences and take that into the future because the business is ever-changing. Um, but I'd like to believe that I've kind of created my own element and niche that's both ability and knowledge and uh, taking in character and developing not only your wrestling skill but also your personality and kind of combining all those things with kind of an old school psychology into a new school way of working um and and pass that on into that next generation i would love that opportunity to be that guy one of those guys that helps out that next generation. You know, uh, NXT has a lot of amazing coaches and people, you know, uh, Tenzai, or, you know, when he was in Japan with me, Bernard, and he helped me out tremendously. Now he's, the head guy at NXT, you know, to be a part of that crew at some point in the future, would, that would be a lot of fun for me, I think, is to work with the, 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 the young men and women that are at the Performance Center that are going to possibly be the next superstars for WWE into the future, or if there's another organization that has anything of that same nature where they're working with the young talent into the future, or whether it's just on independency, that people are willing to, again, that I can make a living and, and pay my bills and stuff like that, I'm not looking to be rich, but just enough so that I don't have to worry about the food on my table or the gas in my car Um, I would love to stay in the business and help that next generation you know if, if all that can't come to be and I'm
1: as 2015 comes to an end, what does 2016 have in store for Lance Hoyt?
2: Um, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of open opportunities. Those titles, uh, the junior tag titles will come back into Suzuki Goon and we'll
1: And last question: Was there anything you'd like to share, encourage, and/or promote as it pertains to um, Lance Hoyt, K.S., uh, David Boy Smith Jr., um, New Japan? You're, the floor is yours.
2: Uh, sure. You know, I mean, I, the one thing that I've always tried to do with my time in professional wrestling and, and is, is staying positive. A lot of negativity online. I see a lot of negativity between other uh, talents. You know, guys being extremely critical of each other online, and a lot of times, you know, we're all we're all in this business together in some form or manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all walking in, you know, that, that mile in the same boots. We're, we're all trying to be successful. We're all trying to make a name for ourselves. So I don't really understand why some guys and girls are extremely negative, especially publicly, about other talents, whether they know them or not. They're extremely negative about it, and I don't see how that perpetuates our business from the inside uh, as talents. You know, I think we should all do everything we can to be positive about ourselves and be positive about the other talents. And if you just have a bad opinion of someone, and keep it to yourself you know we're all going to have something negative to think about somebody at some time and if somebody's having a personal conversation that's one thing but guys and girls seem to go on uh, their social medias a lot these days and then just each other and bash the business and bash what they're seeing on the products that are on tv and i just don't see that as a positive for the future of the business and i hope and i preach and i want is for all these guys and girls to just work hard move forward help everyone else move forward help the business move forward by being positive about it now i also say for the fans that are watching you know i hear a lot of negativity on what they don't like but i think that Than the things that they enjoy more so than the things that they're not happy with or they think are crap or i don't know how else to say it just they're extremely negative about it. i don't see how it stand that helps the wrestling business grow into the future and give them something more and fun to watch because the more negative they are about the business uh and, and i think the more it hurts the business it hinders the business it sets it back and it makes it harder for the business to move of professional wrestling, I would not think and hope that you'd want it to move forward to find something that you like and support, whether it's WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, PWG, PWS out in New York, uh, BOW, Brandon Outlaw, our main event in, in the South down here, Wildcat Sports out in New Orleans. You know, there's so many organizations, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, and everything he's done to produce some really fun and crazy cool product for. You know, and he's done it in just about everywhere up in Canada, he's done it in Philadelphia, he's done it in New York. There's possibility of him having a house on hardcore in Australia at some point here in the near future. Uh, there's so many positive things that.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with your host, Mark Madison. Once again, please visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. And be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer.